1: WGN-TV, Chicago. The following is a presentation of WGN Sports. A year ago, everything seemed to go right for the Chicago Cubs. The bounces and ricochets somehow always wound up in the right hands, usually ending in positive results the peculiar and the bizarre, more times than not, seeming to wind up in a victory for the Cubs when it looked like they had breathed their last. But the fate that seemed so prevalent in 98 has been eerily absent up to this point in 99. And there was no better example than the last play of the game yesterday, a play that would have found a way to scoot through the middle and tie the game a year ago. The one constant, though, has been Sammy Sosa, who has stepped up with an incredible encore to his record-breaking season of 98. Sammy tries to jump back ahead of Big Mac today as the Cubs of the first place bets look for a little relief from the heat at Wrigley.
0: Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time to remember that crap. And with us, to remember crap, as always, is Mike Donahue. Mike, how are you?
1: Good, Andy. Still uh, recovering from uh, doing consecutive playoff teams uh, on this podcast. A lot of excitement.
0: I know. So I'm sure we're going to get a doozy this week.
1: Yeah, it doesn't leave too many good seasons left, but you know we've done we did so many crappy seasons heading into nineteen ninety eight and two thousand seven. I got a feeling we'll head back there, but if we don't, then we don't.
0: But we um, we're running low on the nineties. We really are. Just four years left in the nineties. We got a lot of the eighties. The eighties are sitting there waiting for us.
1: I'm I'm optimistic. I'm I'm ready.
0: We still have uh, we got. Three Dusty Baker years. We got a Lou <laughs> appearance.
1: Yeah, but not tonight.
0: We got Mike Quaddy.
1: Yep. And, and the early
0: Ricketts years. And we have uh, one 11 is. No.
1: is um, Quaddy, right? The last year. Yeah, it is Quaddy. Oh, that's
0: Quaddy's full year.
1: Yeah. And that's a Ricketts. I think the Ricketts yep. in this schematic is the last two years. Yeah, I think they, bought, the they team bought it in late 09. It
0: closed sometime in 09. Yeah. You know.
1: So we can we can pile on them, uh, even though this podcast is non-theo. Um, they were still they're still part of this. It's mostly Tribune, but uh, a little bit of Wrigley, a little bit of Ricketts. We'll get to them all.
0: All right, well, let's see what we get here.
1: We can't escape the '90s. We just can't escape the 90s.
0: Tonight, we're going to party like it's 1999. Yeah, we're. it just wants us to wipe out the 90s, I guess.
1: It uh, And I'm fine with that. You know, it'll maybe make it more enjoyable down the stretch. Maybe we'll,
0: you know. All right, so what do you remember? Five quick things about the 1999 Cubs.
1: We've, been, we've talked about them so much. Uh, just the, right off the bat, um, opening day third baseman was the 78-year-old Gary Gaietti. Um, And the opening day starter for the first time was Steve Traxel. I can leave that as one fact because I'm sure I'll find far. Randomly, I'll tell you that uh, we had a steady diet for about six weeks down the stretch after they were out of it of a uh, coloniac at third base. Yeah. who was traded for Rod Beck, our, our heroic closer from the year before. So that's two. Um, Cubs are actually in first place in June and endured. What if I can, if Andy Dolan is to be believed would be the first of two periods in Jim ruggeman's managerial cub managerial career in which the Cubs went 20 and 50. Yeah. One would have undoubtedly have been 1999. Um, I will say that uh, it was the debut of John Lieber, so you know it wasn't all crap because uh, John Lieber will go down as one of my all-time favorite uh, pitchers. Uh, just how quickly he worked and how few people he walked and and whatnot. So that was uh, you know one flower in this otherwise pile of dung that was the 1999 season. Um, just to finish up, I guess I'll say that for the second consecutive season, Sammy Sosa hit over 60 home runs. I think he landed on 60. But that's my fast five uh, for 1999.
0: So I don't know what the franchise record for fewest wins in a month is.
1: <laughs> well, March, then, maybe.
0: Well, in a full month. In And this is a 31-day month. In August of 1999, the Cubs went 6-24. and Wow. That followed up a... They had they were ten and seventeen in June, eleven and sixteen in July, and eleven and seventeen in September. Because they were, we're. <laughs> at the end of May, they were twenty seven and twenty, it's
1: cruising along and and going up, going up. They um we uh we talked about Gary Gaetti's big home run the previous October against the Giants in the one game playoff. He his, he had one more flash, and it was against the Indians, an intra-league game in early June, and I think the Cubs are either riding a winning streak or just playing really well, and it was a lot like we haven't discussed 1985, but we have brought up 85 and this season and 97 recently, just in, in recent context, to connected to the current Cubs after they had endured an 11-game losing streak. The 99 team actually did not have an 11-game losing streak, but they were a team coming off a playoff appearance, like this year's Cubs, playing well a little bit differently than this year's Cubs because this year's Cubs had a great May and whatnot, but the 99 Cubs were in first place like they were last year, like they were in 85 in June uh, before the wheels came off. But I feel like the high point, was Guyetti comes up to bat in the top of the ninth in Cleveland against uh, Mike Jackson, who was the Indians' closer, and he had been, um, you know, been around for a while. He was the guy, of course, that we've mentioned that broke Ryan Sandberg's wrist in spring training in '93. Uh, and I could be wrong. I don't, don't know if you're career. looking at it, but yeah, well, effectively it really ended it down. Ryan
0: Sandberg's career.
1: There's but by Jackson and I, and I don't know if we if I haven't pulled it up, but uh, in this game because I was in Florida on a golf trip, coincidentally enough, uh, with some guys that I worked with, watching it in a bar, and Gaetti uh, stepped into a pitch and turned it around on Jackson for a lead-changing go-ahead homer. The Cubs won, and at that point, I I want to say that was when they were thirty-one and twenty-two. That was their high point. They lost the next two games in Cleveland, but then I think they stole a game or two in Arizona. You know, we're into June, and we're thinking that 98 wasn't a fluke. And I don't know. I I don't want to be too glib about this year's Cubs, uh, but in light of the fact that some of our players might be leaving us, kids, if you're looking for a roadmap Hmm. as to how to deal with the next three months, you might want to look at the 99. You might want to listen. You might want to listen to what we have to say in case you're looking for uh, ways to cope. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so in that game, (laughs) um, let's see. When did the Indians take the lead? The Indians took the lead. Cubs had a three to two lead in the bottom of the seventh with our our pal Terry Mulholland on the mound. Uh-huh.
1: Let me. Can I just guess? Did Matt Karchner was he still around? Did he have a hand in blowing this? Because I want to. I just no. I the other the
0: other guy did the run. Uh, the run. The run Felix, fairy. <laughs> Felix, Felix uh Actually, I would besmirched Felix. I don't think he gave up a run. Um, Mulholland uh, got Jim Tomey to fly out to center. Then Travis Fryman singled, and David Justice he had a two-run homer, and the Cubs were suddenly behind four to three in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, the Run Fairy came in, got him out of the seventh. Pitched a, uh, no, he only had to get one batter out in the eighth, and then Rick Aguilera, who was had been demoted from closer, already, yeah, he came he in just, and he he struck just
1: out.
0: he struck out Manny Ramirez and Will Cordero. Jeez. Well, maybe it's a case of Jim Riggleman going. We've got it. We have to stop him right now. Maybe. Oh, five out save. I mean, yeah, he's going but he it didn't. He took him out. So Tyler okay. Houston walked in the bottom and the, the top of the ninth off Mike Jackson, and then yep. Gary Gaetti had a home run.
1: I remember. Um, I was in a bar. Chris Goodwin pinch
0: ran for Tyler Houston. That was uh, not to be right? confused with with his brother Tom. Tom.
1: was <laughs> probably not his brother um, around the senior. Tom came a little bit later, I think. The Cubs,
0: the Cubs almost Cubs almost tacked on uh, a lot of runs because with that was with nobody out. With uh, Jose Hernandez struck out, but then Lance Johnson walked. Mickey Morandini singled. Sammy flew out to right. Then Mark Grace walked off of Paul Ossenmacher.
1: Former Cub Paul Ossenmacher? Yep.
0: Then Henry Roderick gets struck out. So the Cubs had a, uh, a tenuous 5-4 lead going into the ninth. They bring on Terry Adams to get the save. Struck he out, told it, me he? Gave up a single to yeah. Fryman. Gave up a single to Justice. Richie Sexson pinch hit. A young Richie Sexson pinch hit for uh, Terry Adams, or for uh, no, for, Terry, Before, for uh, Diaz. A, pre,
1: a pre-Brewer Jimmy Sexton, right? Because that's where he made his mark. Right? Or am I confusing him with another tall goo? No,
0: that was him. He went to uh, he went to first. He went to wait a minute. Yeah, he went to Milwaukee, and then he ended up in Arizona.
1: Okay. Um, okay, so he so Sexton loads comes up at the base load or He with,
0: uh, two on, Terry Adams cool as I strikes him out, gets future Cub Kenny Lofton to fly out. Cubs win, and they never actually got into first place that June. They t- twice or three they spent three days one game out. Um, Interesting, and this was one of them. They were a game behind with the win. They were thirty and twenty one. So that was that's nine over that's the most they were over they were also 32 and okay. 23 and a game back after a win in Arizona
1: and that's then, what it was uh, we should probably st- dwell on this a little bit too the, the this sequence in June because so that, I think a lot of fans remember some weird moments between um, around those surrounding those days well, yeah, one, of them's, one the of them's coming game.
0: right up right the first game against the White well, sox. They, they play. They 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 lost two games in the stretch that only lasted six innings.
1: The, uh, wait, are you talking about the next weekend? Was that against the White Sox? I don't want to talk about that because I went to all three games and it rained and it was horrible. Right? Well, uh, well, isn't one before... of those the
0: Mike Caruso home run?
1: Yeah, that's the that's gonna... the six
0: inning Friday game, right? I knew
1: you were going to mention the Mike Caruso home run. That's probably the.
0: But think about it. Now this is perfect. Mike Caruso, product of the White Flag trade. Correct. What are the Cubs about to do? They're about to get their yep. own Mike Caruso.
1: Let's see if we can remember what that trade was. Or one of us. I know that was um, that the Sox traded uh, Roberto Hernandez,
0: Wilson Alvarez, and Danny Garwarn.
1: Jan- yeah. And they got they got Caruso. They got they got Bobby Howery. They may have also gotten Keith Folk. And, oh, there's another one. They got a whole boatload. It, it, it's actually kind of like almost like the Darvish deal, maybe, except they were a lot closer to the big leagues because Caruso was.
0: No, Nobody's ever traded a good player for younger people, younger humans than what the f- fucking Cubs did with you, Darvish.
1: Right. That was. Cy Young like...
0: runner-up, who should have been the Cy Young winner, especially now that we know Regardless. that not only, not no, no, only no, was cheating, but he's also, <laughs> you know, beating up women.
1: But you're not going to take away O.J. Simpson's Heisman either. I mean, whatever. But
0: I don't think you should have won it in the first place.
1: I agree. I agree. Um,
0: in fact, it's 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 kind of ironic, right? So the, the top three vote-getters last year in the Cy Young Award, the National League, were Trevor Bauer, Yu Darvish, and Corbin Burns. All of them pitching in the terrible offense NL Central. And you only play teams in the NL Central and the NL and the AL Central. They should not have given a Cy Young last year.
1: Interesting. Because
0: you only pitched against, like, what? That's right. 40% of the league, 30 I, d- I actually did the math. And nobody in those fucking divisions could hit. Nobody. So everybody had great you know, numbers. And I know they the proved Cubs it in the couldn't. playoffs when the Reds didn't score any runs, the Cubs scored one, I think the Correct. Brewers maybe scored two or three. And then the Cardinals actually scored runs, but then they blew the last two games in San Diego, which was right. very fun. But...
1: It's satisfying.
0: It was uh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so that so they lose, so they, they they're they're knocking on the door of first place.
1: Which I assume is Houston, but regardless, they win the first two in Arizona. I see yeah. there was that, that Monday game where uh so they so they licked their wounds after losing two or three from Cleveland. But you're right; they're two out. So that Monday game is when they're facing another loss in Tyler Houston. I want to say, or no, it was tied. Um, right? Wasn't that the Tyler? I'm. I, I was pulling it up. No, see, see, it was back-to-back nights. That's why we were we were like thinking they're going to do it again because both of the, right. They're, All right, you the, want to, the, the the first game in Arizona, and the second game in Arizona.
0: You want the? Oh, do you want the full Mike Crusoe trade? Well, since I haven't pulled up. Totally. It was a one, two, three, four, five, six. It was an eight-player trade. The Giants traded... No, it was a nine-player trade, because they don't list the guy who you're looking at. So the Giants traded Mike Caruso, Brian Manning, Lorenzo Barcelo, Keith Fold, oh. Bob Howry, and Ken Vining. To the White Sox for Wilson Alvarez, Danny Darwin, and Roberto Hernandez. So we had that. Got program.
1: it. We almost nailed it. Caruso, okay.
0: who was kind yeah, of the the guy they had high hopes for.
1: Yep. Because he batted 300 in this season, and he hit a fucking cheap ass home run into the basket in one of those washed out games.
0: Yeah. So he. That, yeah, he hit, he hit 306, 331 on base, 390 slug. It should have been. A lot of red flags should have been going up everywhere.
1: I wonder what his bad up was.
0: Had he, to be. he stole. Um, let's see, where is his bandit? Mm, I don't see it. Up top of my...
1: I, I'm still pained by that whole. Yeah, when we talked about 1998 and what a glorious weekend sweep it was, and I got I went to all three games there, all in the bleachers, I think, when the Cubs swept the White Sox and Albert Bell ate an O. Henry candy bar. It was. I paid the price for that in '99. Also went to all three games. Sat in different seats around the ballpark and just watched the Cubs team that a week earlier looked like they were, you know, um, going to be there for a while, completely in the throes of just some shitty baseball. It was a very bitter pill.
0: So Caruso hit, he had 160 hits in 133 games in 1998. For the rest of his career, he had 134 more hits. <laughs> he did lead the American League in one category. It was the next year, 1999, this year. 14 caught stealings. Oh, my God. League. He, he, he was a 90 OPS plus in 98. This season, 99, he was a 47. And in his one other year in the big leagues, 2002 with the Royals, he was a minus 36.
1: Just a shitty ball just, player. Just remember, guys,
0: 100 is league He was minus. <laughs> he wasn't 36. He was minus 36.
1: Ugh. And somehow... Managed to hit 300, which probably bought him another year and a half because people put that much stock in, you know, some of those traditional, quote unquote, baseball card statistics. But he did hit a goddamn homer against the Cubs. I just I just wanted to follow that sequence because the, the season really did fall apart there after Guy Eddie's homer. They lose the next two to Cleveland. And they go to Arizona, who's only in their second year of existence, but who nevertheless will make the playoffs that season because they had signed Randy Johnson, for whom uh, Ed Ed Lynch was just outgunned on getting down the stretch the year before. And then, um, you know, Arizona was was pretty good, but the Cubs take the first two. They win one in their last at-bat on a Mark Grace hit. But then in the second game of the series, they're trailing by two in the top of the ninth. And in comes uh, Arizona. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Terry Adams again had to get the save, but it was uh, Greg Olson started, who was not bad around that time, but he ended up getting uh, with, uh, I guess it was with two outs. But Tyler Houston does come up uh, with two outs and hits a three run homer off of Olson to score Grace uh, and Lance Johnson. Right. Uh, So they win two consecutive games against a suddenly good Diamondbacks team on the road and their last at bat. And then they're facing Randy Johnson in the third game. All right. And so this is kind of where this is the precipice. This is where I mean, it's not always that easy to find the exact point where a 95 plus loss team just completely went south but it was at this point where randy johnson who we've talked about before we have talked about him on bears casts uh because who was it Uh, tom brady had never lost the bears until last year well i brought up the comparison that randy johnson never lost the cubs and sure enough in this game he would not have lost the cubs uh he gave up six runs in seven innings but nevertheless uh arizona was um was leading he, they knocked them out of the box in the eighth before he could get an out and they closed the, the, they took a, they were down eight to one and they end up closing to within eight to seven after seven and a half innings, Arizona doesn't score Cubs go to the ninth inning that we're reaching the, the point where, you know, you could see if you slow down the video, you can see where our hearts break, but, uh, uh, for the Cubs, was it Lance Johnson, right? Glenn Allen lines out our buddy, Mickey Morandini makes it out. So Henry Rodriguez draws a walk. They bring in Lance Johnson, who was on and off a Cub, kind of injured. He was there in time to be, you know, their center fielder on their playoff teams, but not a bad player. But regardless, Johnson comes in to pinch run with two outs in the ninth inning. Cubs are going to steal another one, right? They just, they just, they, they, that's their thing. They won on Monday and Tuesday, and uh, while Benito Santiago is at the plate, um, one dog gets picked off. Uh, the Cubs lose, and we think, all right, we'll bounce back. But no, the Cubs lost, and they completely plummeted from that point on.
0: That's funny. Before we get to the Sox series, so yeah, the Cubs are down eight to one in the top of the eighth. Randy Johnson's still pitching. Starts off. Sammy hits a home run. Glenn Allen doubles, Morandini triples, scores Glenn Allen, Knocking Henry Rodriguez walks, and then around. Benito Santiago knocks Randy Johnson out of the game with a single, scores Mickey Morandini. Um, Tyler Houston had a uh, RBI double, Manny Alexander had a RBI
1: <laughs> single. All of these guys have been mentioned before, except for maybe Benito.
0: But, yeah, okay. I talk about Benito.
1: Not as a cub. He's been and Benito up was
0: before. Benito was batting when uh, Lance got picked off,
1: which you know, and I believe
0: have, Benito was actually like, like no. we we were we were happy to have him up in that moment.
1: No, we were. He was. He may, no, he was terrible though. But I, thought, I thought he
0: only, got off to a good start, and then he just went. I, I don't he remember went any bad good when start. the Cubs
1: did. I just remember still Maybe being not. in my heckling days and going to a lot of games and just yelling, "Benito is finito." Hmm. Um. I felt very resentful of the fact that he was—he felt completely washed up. And you might prove me wrong. You might have a memory that's different, but my recollection mm,
0: is that know. they got his, rid of Scott Service. His final numbers were pretty woeful, so I don't know that he.
1: It's terrible, right? And then guess what happens though? I'm like, fuck him. All right, whatever. Maybe he's old. Whatever. He, you know, it's not his fault. It wasn't lack of effort. He's gone. Four years later, the guy's playing in the World Series for Dusty Baker. Then, of course, it becomes obvious. Oh, oh, he just needed some restorative um, therapy of sorts. Let's see. Right. Let's see what. He was terrible. His numbers are probably worse than Scott Service. That's the guy he replaced. And you know, it it made me feel bad for denigrating Scott Service, who was not a good hitter at all, a decent catcher. But Benito, I'm surprised to hear that Benito had a hand in anything positive. And not, my recollections of Santiago as a Cub are absolutely right. nothing to do I
0: had it completely backwards. So um, in the first half, he hit 225, 286 on base, 345 slugs. So he was terrible. In the wow. second half, he hit 307 with a 381 on base and 455 slug, albeit only in 113 plate appearances.
1: Okay. But, uh, God, who are they? The, I
0: remember thinking that he had a hot stretch, but it was. I was excited going he was, into the season. He had a hot stretch when they were already when they had fallen out of it. It was probably disoriented. Okay. That he didn't have any. He didn't have a zero on his jersey. Remember for the. Uh, he inexplicably, when he was with the Padres, changed from no, nine to zero nine.
1: That's remember yeah. That? Vaguely, I vaguely did.
0: The Cubs <laughs> gave him the shitty catcher number of nine, that apparently uh, Randy Hundley had cursed because all the bad catchers wore nine. Gabor was nine. Santiago huh, got Tim it. Todd, Todd Hundley wore it Tim, until he switched to 99. Yes, which just
1: made it um, even more Hen- venomous. Uh, Hen- uh,
0: Henry Blanco wore it and then switched to 24 he, and completely yeah, re- turned his career around.
1: Hank recognized yes. uh, He's the, the negative curse energy.
0: Of, the curse yeah. of nine.
1: Tim Blackwell wore nine. and He was terrible, really. I mean, you know, it might have been a good defensive catcher, but... <sighs> Basically brought a wet newspaper to the plate. I can't think of any nines that would dispel that.
0: So the Friday... Um, Cub Sox? Yeah. It was, Got washed out was Steve on Steve Swisher number.
1: nine? Yeah, he was an all-star, though, of course. And isn't
0: that why we Maybe. decided that uh, Randy Hunley had to finish wearing number four? <laughs> he came back. That's right. Like right, one been, at had nine and couldn't could, right. give it up. Right. When we yeah. had
1: forklift on the yeah. 77 Cubs.
0: So the 6th inning game on Friday was not the Mike Caruso game.
1: No, it was Sunday. Yeah, I could I could Sunday. have told you that. And on Saturday that bat, their backup fucking catcher Mark Johnson hit a home run to help them win a game. Yeah. The Friday game, I could ju- I, all I remember is that it was hot as hell. And uh, the Cubs were losing when the rain just cut co- complete direct torrent, We were in the bleachers. So we were uncovered torrential downpour and it was called and that was it. And then Saturday was still hot as hell. Cause it was just one of those periods in Chicago weather. It was humid and stormy. And they got the, the game in on Saturday, the Sunday game though. I remember the Sunday game and actually I sat in the grandstands there in my seats and I had my dad and my brother and my nephew and, the rain was so bad. I remember one time looking up at the stairs in some areas, you can go up a ramp to the upper deck and then other areas, there were like stairs and just like the cascading water that was coming down the stairs. We actually left that game because we thought there's no way they're going to continue. And Mike Caruso hit that stupid cheap ass home run after this absolute biblical deluge of rain. And I think the game was tied. We left the game when it was tied. I know some people in my family might not approve, but, um, it was it was just a ridiculous hot, wet weekend, and the Cubs were bad, and the Sox were bad too. But they uh, they pantsed us, so not one of our pr- finest moments.
0: All right. So after the after the near comeback against Randy Johnson, they would lose one, two, three, four,
1: five in a row. Then they okay. would win
0: a game at, at Milwaukee. Then they would lose five more in a row. So they lost ten out of eleven. So that's not good. They opened July with a four-game losing streak. Won a game, lost two more. They uh, went back. Went to, they went to the went cross town and lost on a walk off.
1: Ninety yep. nine Friday night was that? Maybe it might have been Carlos Lee, but okay. Was a then grand they, but then they
0: won. They they already lost the uh, the Crosstown Cup, whatever it was back. Because then.
1: Because they got swept, right? Uh, but they they, they, they showed they, they a lot of beat, pride.
0: They won the exactly, last two games. Of they the did.
1: Six. They beat they beat James Baldwin on Sunday night baseball right before the All Star break. I do remember that. Maybe yeah, their the, one last uh, bit of redemption.
0: The, the it was a walk off of Terry Adams. It was Carlos Lee. It was a sack fly that scored Ray Durham.
1: That's the, what it was. For okay,
0: three two White Sox win.
1: So, because another walk off off a Courtney Duncan, I think the next year was a grand slam at Saks Park. But, um, yeah, it's.
0: I want to. I'm just looking at August. I mean,
1: a- <laughs> well, because they started making trades, I, I can tell you that at the trade deadline, their only assets that they were going to trade was Jose Hernandez was an asset apparently, and they got rid of him. And I think that was the the Bowie, Joey Nation. Yeah, that was great. Um, trade.
0: Loaded up on all yep. those prime Braves pitching prospects. Foolproof. They line. dealt.
1: They they de- right, right, right. They dealt uh, Rod Beck for uh, Koliniak. I know. I mean, it, it was just sort of breathtaking how quickly. I mean, it's funny that August was really when they fell apart. You would have thought it'd be July, because, I mean, of course they're going to hang on to Grace and Sosa. They, I mean, they were never part of the uh, of the discussion, but they were obviously giving up of their, you know, making making those deals.
0: So here's how August went. Uh, they opened the opened the month by losing a a game to the Mets. Then they lost uh, the first two games of a series to the Expos, so three in a row. Then they won a game. Then they lost two in a row. Then they won a game. Then they lost six in a row. Interesting. Then they won, then they won a game. They lost five in a row. Then they won a game. They lost four in a row.
1: They somehow never managed to have a losing streak of more than, like, six or something. I think
0: six <laughs> might have been their longest losing streak, but they had a lot of them. Um, I, they, I thought they listed with the longest...
1: Six and twenty-four.
0: Yeah, the longest winning streak was five games in May. And the long they did it twice. Uh April twenty eighth to May second and May seventeenth to the twenty first. And they had they had two six game losing streaks, but they had a lot of fives. Um it's just a weird I mean they're just terrible, which well, could very they, well be what we're about to witness.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying too. I mean, there might be differences in the analogy. Of course, uh, I do fear that that's you know that's kind of where we're at twenty seven and twenty going into June. So yeah, 700 in June, five hundred in July. It just just collapsing. Um, and I, yeah, I remember like I, I you know the year before was when they went to the playoffs, and, and I think even and we talked because we did this just a few weeks, two week, you know, two episodes ago. Even at the time, I think we knew that '98 team was really not built to last. But you know, I don't think uh, I don't think we could have for, you know foreseen such a drop off like two months in. And I guess it happens. Um, it was, I mean, it, it just it, kind of an odd season in that respect. They lost 95 games and they were you know, uh, you know 12 over <laughs> going into June. It, it almost feels like the '77 team, except that team finished 500. Um. Yeah, just and then they would go right back into that. They weren't much better the next year. I mean, this uh, for historical context, this is just kind of how Tribune Company ran things in, during this time. It was kind of like they, on paper they weren't really supposed to be that awful, and some years they were because things didn't work out. So, you
0: now, know? so I have a vague memory of this. Beck got hurt, right? And that's why they needed. That's why they needed to trade for a closer, or his arm had simply fallen off as a result of what happened in '98.
1: No, no they, they traded back because Boston was found him useful, and the Cubs didn't because they were already out of it.
0: Right, but he. But here's the thing: they traded for Rick Aguilera on the, the 21st the, oh, of
1: May. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, we overlooked that because I want to spend some time shitting on Rick Aguilera for that. For, for the similar, for which we shit on Fred McGriff. So
0: Beck only pitched in 31 games for the Cubs. Now given the way Riggleman used him, yeah, he, he, was hurt. he would have pitched in 70 by July 1st. So he he was clearly hurt, which is why they needed a closer. And
1: so yeah, that's that's a, that's exactly right. And the Twins were in their the Twins had not been relevant since they won a World Series under Andy McPhail's Andy McPhil's sweater vest in 1991 and would not be relevant until shortly after this period of time, but they were just bad year in uh, and year out. Aguilera was actually a hero of the 91 series. He'd been acquired from the Mets, as we've talked about before. We talked about the Cubs 1989 because the Mets were fighting to challenge the Cubs that year and dealt uh, a young Rick Aguilera as well as a minor league uh, prospect, Kevin Tampany, for the services of Frank Biola. Frankie, sweet music. Sweet music, Viola. Viola. And that, that trade turned out to be a great one for Minnesota. Yep. God, they've been good with that historically. We talked about the... Well, Andrew, Nathan, uh, Well, he got, fell into one, I guess. I almost accidentally gave McPhail credit. Wheeling and dealing. Uh Tappany was very good for the Twins. Aguilar, obviously, they won the World Series in 91. Aguilar was one of the top closers by 99. A little bit older, a little bit more settled in. Beckett's hurt. You're right. I'd forgotten that initially, but that was right. He was not uh he was in the same health uh, as he was in ninety eight when he saved fifty one games and so uh Lynch made a move to his credit and um and, and the deal included some guys that would you know uh that would you know pitch for other teams including the twins but there was like a, i remember there was a hesitancy of Rick Aguilera coming over like they're like in a much more publicized way. There was for Fred McGriff two years later yep. uh, in 2001. And I just remember like kind of getting a, getting like a, a bad vibe, just kind of like kind of getting almost getting turned off. Like why would he not want to, you know, he delayed it a little bit.
0: Well, the reason, and, the reason was he got the, so the Red Sox traded him to the, or the uh, twins trade him the Red Sox in July of 95. And then he came <laughs> back that off season to the twins.
1: That's that was home.
0: And right, and basically said he came back to finish his career with the twins. Tough shit. And then four years later the twins were like, Hey buddy, if you want them, if you want right. your money, you're gonna have to go pitch for the Cubs and get your money. Right.
1: help us out. They might have a good team. They didn't as it turned out. Oh, I don't know, maybe Rick Aguilera was prescient. Maybe he knew they were gonna fall off a cliff. But yeah, I mean that that is kind of a rare, you know, big May trade. And it was Aguilera still had value because Boston had just tried to acquire him back in ninety five. And um and so his first game, and I'm gonna remember I remember this because I, I was annoyed as hell for a variety of reasons which will become obvious in the next two minutes. But his first his first appearance was against the Marlins. At home, okay, in Wrigley. And in that game, he just, you know, so here's a guy that was reluctant to come here, finally shows up, comes in for a save in his first appearance, one run game. I also remember that this one rookie dumbass for Florida was involved in this, named Kevin Millar, who. Uh, yeah, who had somehow made a remark earlier that year about, well, maybe the AAA team should play the real team because Florida, you know, the year earlier had had dealt all of their, you know, and we talked about the, you know, Piazza sort of rotating through Florida on his Kevin way to Millar, New York because the scab. He was. Right? That's right. I forget about that. Along with Rick Reed in 2003, called Damian Miller. Yep. So, but Millar was in this exchange. He had gotten called up, so he was relatively new. But in that inning, in Malaro, I'm pretty sure is the one that hit the ball um, against um, against Aguilera, where <laughs> um, he hits it to the wall. And, and, and Sammy, who I was never obviously a fan of defensively and sometimes just, you know, older, that was more and more more uh, more and more of an afterthought. Um Kind of jumped into the vines and didn't quite, you know, pull it out, and then just couldn't find the ball, and it ended up being in an inside the park home run for Kevin Fucking Millar. But I remember being more annoyed at Rook Aguilera for not coming in and slamming the door. I'm just going to pull it up just because I, I did find it while I was bullshitting about it. May twenty fourth, nineteen ninety nine. Cubs five games over twenty three and eighteen coming into the game. Uh, they are they are actually um, winning five to three. So fucking Aguilera, he's got a goddamn uh, beanbag of a cushion coming in to with a two-run lead. You know, he gets Dave Berg, not the hot dog guy, uh, but the old catcher for Florida f- to fly out to lead to lead off the inning. Bruce Avin gets a single to left field. Future Cub nemesis Luis Castillo gets a single to left field. Uh, Avin goes the second. Uh, not future Cub nemesis Alex Gonzalez, but the one that was also on the Marlins. Uh, it's pop-out. Seabass hits a deep – it says deep second base to first base. Sounds like an <laughs> infield fly to me. Deep second base. Uh, future Cub Cliff Floyd gets a base hit through the hole. Short, Avon scores, Castillo's a third. Still, there's two outs. And, and Kevin Millar hits one that Sandy misplays into a three-run homer. it even says inside the park home run. On baseball reference. I was more annoyed at Aguilera though. You know, I know he didn't walk guys. It's easier to get pissed off at pitchers like Ryan Dempster who can't throw strikes. He just got hit, but uh, not a very good initial appearance by him. Uh, pretty disappointing. Also annoyed that Sammy misplayed a you know, fly ball into an inside the park homer. Uh, but that was still in May. You know, there was still optimism because it, this was a few weeks before Gaidis' homer in Cleveland and then. Take it two from Arizona. I did circle back and that because uh, Rick Aguilar was brought up, and I wanted to give it its proper context.
0: So Aguilar actually pitched two years for the Cubs. He pitched the rest of the year, and then he pitched in 2000. And then he hung it up. Still bad. Um, his numbers, well, he won six games for the 99 Cubs. Your, your closer winning six games is usually a bad sign. Um, how many saves did he end up I would, with? I would say so. Uh, he only saved eight games. So most must have gone heavy Terry Adams, I guess.
1: And then, he you saved, know, saved 29 Adams. in
0: 2000 for that juggernaut.
1: We talked about Terry Adams, too, and how we had high hopes, or at least I did. And that I remember, like, by 98, I was done with Terry Adams. I'm actually surprised to see, or maybe I shouldn't be, that the brain trust was still continuing to sort of push the – because at this point, Terry Adams is his, part of his fifth season with the Cubs. Um, if it wasn't going to happen if – if it hasn't happened by now, it's probably not going to happen. So I was, I'm surprised to hear that Adams, they threw He's him He's actually
0: there. one – so I I, I gave – this is the stupid shit I do. I gave a lot of thought because when we did the 98 one, we talked about the failed Mike Piazza trade for the Cubs. And Terry Adams was a guy they, the Cubs were reluctant to part with.
1: He had a great a arm. Yeah, it's
0: a trade. Now, it doesn't mean that they couldn't do the deal because they wouldn't give up Terry Adams. Because I think even Ed Lynch, well, we saw the way he was just throwing guys overboard at the deadline that year. He would have done <laughs> it. He would have eventually said, yes, you can have Terry Adams. Uh, but, yeah, that was one of the guys that they, um, it was like Terry Adams. It was catching prospect Pat Klein. Yep. Um, I don't remember if true. Ori was in the trade or not. Ori ended up being in the Felix he Rodriguez trade.
1: Ori looked like he, a decent player. Um, you
0: know? uh, I think by Memorial Day '99, everybody knew he wasn't. But he was a bot. you
1: you talking about Kevin Ori, Kevin or you talking about? Yeah, well, he was a Marlin by then too. Because remember, Ori was traded '98. He was he was the uh, the run fairy deal. Oh, that's what I mean.
0: So Memorial Day 98 cuz that's when the, that's about the time the Piazza trade right.
1: Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he brought that no, up The Gaza trade. Um,
0: but yeah, there was it, it's pretty easy to see why they couldn't get the trade done. And in hindsight you look at the prospects. I'm sure Brant Brown would have had to been in the trade and then that would have screwed it because they needed Brant Brown to hit all those walk-off home runs on Fridays. I doubt Piazza could have done it. No. 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 I actually, I guess Mike
1: probably He may done have that. he may have. Oh. <sighs>
0: 99 Cubs no such concerns about uh, season altering trades. They, they no, it wasn't going to happen.
1: How quickly they were out of it. I'm also surprised to see that they 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 uh, kept Jeff Blauzer around. I see his name on the roster, yeah. and I was like, he was such a boss, and we we dumped on him rightfully so for um, being worthless in '98. Basically, Jose Hernandez, you know, pulled his fat out of the fire uh, by being the shortstop down the stretch. But I guess they. Yeah, because he—I assume Blauzer a free agent signing. Good one, good one, good one. Oh yeah, they couldn't—they
0: couldn't unload him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason Daniel Descalso was still on the Cubs in year <sighs> three until they finally just gave him up. Thanks for that. Um, Jeff Blauzer. Let's see if it says what kind of deal he inked.
1: Did he even play? What I want to know is, did he? Even, yeah, I'm sure. Of course, it will. I mean, that baseball reference is pretty up to date on that. I just want to know, did he? Was it was it more than two year deal? And and if so, where did he sit around collecting his money in 2000? Because I know he was not on the Cubs after
0: 99. He uh, 99 was the end of his career. <laughs> the Cubs did that a lot. They ended a lot of guys' careers.
1: I have to pull it up now because I want to see this for, for, with my own eyes. Because I, the no way he only signed Blouser, a two-year, Blazer signed a two-year, oh, okay, All eight point right.
0: two million dollar deal at the age of thirty-two. Seemed like a, <sighs> seemed like a great idea.
1: Thirty-two-year-old white shortstop, um, and you know, who knows? Did the Braves have somebody that were? It was probably no great loss. Some. Guessing, I don't know who they would have replaced him with. I don't recall the Braves of that era as great as they were, having excellent shortstop. Ronnie Belliard, that.
0: right? Wouldn't that have been <laughs>
1: yeah, right? Belliard was the Belliard other time. He was, yeah, Ronnie was like the compliment to Jeff Blouser if I'm not mistaken. Well, let's see, who played shortstop uh, for the for, for the if 98 we must, Braves? If, if we must know, yeah, by oh, 2008. Yeah, they picked up Walt White. It was Walt a pretty shrewd, shrewd move, actually. Wow. Which, which actually shows you yeah, that they, they, they're, they're willing to wave bye bye. Uh, well, they're about the same age, I guess, Blauser and Wise. Oh,
0: they also had the uh, the uh, 98 uh, Braids, also had Ozzy Gian.
1: <laughs> I remember that at the end of Ozzy's career as a player. Yeah, the 99 Braves uh they beat the Astros in the playoffs that year, I remember. The Astros, that was their third consecutive playoff appearance under Larry Dierker. I think they lost the Braves all three times.
0: Blouser hit 219 in 98 with a 349 on base and a whopping 299 slugging and he bounced back, job. bounced back in 99. Hit 240 with a 347 on base and a 420 slug. He was almost league average that year. And he played second base, step, base, third base, and left field. So he, they turned him into a utility player. Wow. They put,
1: they put him in the left.
0: Oh, that crazy, I, a crazy Wriggleman.
1: I think, for the record, I don't want to assume that everyone knows some of the things that maybe we don't cover, but Jeff Blouser is one of these. Um, unusual players who was not a, it was by no means an above average players. And this is not necessarily something that can be backed up by data. In fact, it might be false, a false narrative, but it's pretty much been accepted that Jeff Blauser was one of these less than great players who, who uh, somehow still managed to just be a cub killer. Well, I don't know that uh, it's, uh,
0: uh, so here's,
1: he he played in 78
0: games against the Cubs in 78 games. He batted, uh, 262 times he hit 15 homers 48 <laughs> rbis he his slash line against the cubs 351 413 611 for a 1.023 <laughs> <OPS. laughs>
1: and, and, and what the, amounts to like a third of a full season just against the cubs
0: the only other team he had comparable numbers against was makes sense was the rockies um, he actually oh had God. a he had he had a what is that a well, thousandth of a point higher OPS against them 1, 1.024 one point oh two four in few, uh, about the same amount of at bats no no actually no, fifty fewer he only had ten homers against them um, only yeah,
1: because he, uh, he was in the league before they existed let's look up I think he also
0: business. did a ridiculous amount of his damage
1: at he had uh, he did have a th- he did have a three homer game. And it may or may not have been at Wrigley, but he did have a three fucking homer game against the Cubs. And honestly, this is before 1999. Um, three homer games before like 1996. Or oh, it might have been before even 96. The, uh,
0: joining the Cubs screwed up his Wrigley field stats because so, he played two terrible years there. So I can't, I can't Good. tell. But um, can't I'm pick pretty apart. sure that his his Wrigley numbers pre acquisition were also. Ridiculous.
1: So he was the everyday shortstop for a World Series team in um, one, two, three, four different World Series. Yeah, and he in '97, the year, the,
0: the season, his last season with the Braves, he was an All Star. He hit 17 homers, hit 70 RBIs, hit 308 with a 405 on base and a 482 slugging. So um, the Cubs were like, "Aha." This is it. Yeah. This is the guy. And I the Braves know. were like, yeah, you had a great year. See ya. Right. This never, so never a
1: great year. So, so much different than dealing with Braves pitchers.
0: Yeah. They, yeah. they had a pretty good handle on their own players. Well, and
1: the fact that they replaced them with, like, an exactly same-aged Walt Weiss, I think, is like, well, I don't know what they paid Weiss, but he was basically – it's not like they had an up-and-coming shortstop.
0: <laughs> so – so the Cubs were trying to uh, capitalize on their wild card um, appearance. While well, they were the wild card champs, first ninety uh, eight wild card yeah. champs. Which is well, not yeah, a there thing. Was no, right, right? You just you got the single spot.
1: It was a it's a wild card. you right. They, they they won the wild card card by virtue of clinching it.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I owned a wild card T-shirt that just said Cubs nineteen ninety eight wild card because you, you didn't. You're not the champions. You're just no. You're just the extra you made playoff.
1: Team you here. made right. You made the dance.
0: So they looked at that team and they said, "You know what we need? We need, we need Benito Santiago. We need. Um, Got to bring Gary Gaetti back because yep. he's forty, and that's what we need. And we need to add. I'm trying to think. We need. Uh, we need Scott Sanders. That's going to fix our pitching.
1: Oh, and uh, Brad Woodall then too, right? Because like those guys both started games in the very first week. I remember thinking like, why are Scott Sanders and Brad Woodall yeah, Brad starting Woodall. Uh, on the first weekend of the season? Well,
0: now we didn't have. There was no. There was no, this, no Kerry Wood.
1: Kerry was hurt. He had, but they he also had picked John up disease. Lieber. One of Ed Lynch's few shrewd trades was dealing Brant Brown. Even though Brant Brown's mistake, as we discussed, clearly did not actually cost the Cubs anything. I think it was probably best to get him out of town, uh, thanks to Ron Santo. And they dealt Brant Brown for John Lieber, and Brant Brown didn't do anything in Pittsburgh. And Lieber was uh, a goddamn rock for the next three or four years. So they added Lieber to, like, Traxel. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Traxel was due for his bad year, right? Because he was good the year before. Okay. So that makes sense. So they had Lieber. I mean, but the fact that Scott Sanders and Brad Woodall were starting that first week, I remember thinking like, oh,
0: yeah. Wow. So their their projected rotation would have been um, oh.
1: one of those guys was a place it would have been wood.
0: it would have been Traxel, Lieber slotted into the wood spot, Tapany the Farns, because he was still a starter. That's he right. made he made twenty one starts for them that year. And, okay, and Scott Sanders I think was supposed to take down. He had just pitched for the he had had a good year for the Padres. And then pitched in the playoffs for them. He did? Yeah.
1: In 98 or 96?
0: Oh, that's not right. You no, know, he, okay, I'm way off. Yeah, 96, he pitched in the playoffs for them. He, pitched, okay. he may have pitched their playoff opener. So by, you know, by 98, he was off to uh, Detroit, where he was not good at all.
1: He's probably hurt.
0: Check this out. This well, is the happened? guy, the Cubs, '98. 98, he, he started with the Padres, ended up with the Tigers. His ERA for the Tigers, 17.69. Is that good?
1: I don't think that's good.
0: Scott Sanders, 99 Cubs, final year of his career. So the Another, 99 oh Cubs my. ended everybody's career. They, everyone every, No one wanted to play baseball after that. Um, Ninety eight. The 99 Cubs featured one of our all-time favorite relief pitchers,
1: Ray King. Oh, Ray Burger King. Yes. Was that, him did well. Ray
0: have multiple stints with the Cubs or just one no, memorable he one? he
1: came – you know, this is kind of one – not that Ray King was great, but he became a very effective and well-compensated specialist. And the thing everybody
0: remembered about him was his
1: belly. Yes, he was a chubby guy, and he came up with the Cubs. I remember like, all right, well, let's – you know, okay, left-handed – you know. Um, you know, Brian Williams or uh, Jerome, and you know, like, let's see what you can do. And then the Cubs got rid of. Him. I don't know if they even traded him. I just know that he resurfaced and he was very effective for the Braves and, and Cardinals. I think Ray King.
0: Yeah, he went to the. Uh, let's see how he got to the um, Brewers.
1: So he, he came as tra- the Cubs.
0: Yeah, um, he got drafted. He, by, he got drafted the, he by the, the Reds. The Brewers, he got. Too. He got traded. Uh, he got traded twice before he ever pitched in a big league game. Um, the Reds traded him to the Braves, uh, as he was the player named later in a deal. Ooh, here's a big deal: Chad Fox from Mike Kelly.
1: Oh, Chad Fox has been mentioned on this yep. podcast. Two-time, okay,
0: two-time Cub. Yep. Um, he got traded to the he got traded um from the Barbs to the Cubs for John Ratliff. And then the Cubs, he must not have made well, – oh, no, this is April 14th. That's a weird time for a trade because that's post-spring training. But he got traded on April 14th of 2000 to the Brewers for Doug Johns. And then he was all of a sudden good. Interesting. Uh, he had a good year for the for the Brewers. He was he had a 126 ERA in 36 games. Yeah. Um, he pitched for the Brewers then for two more years, went – Back to the Braves, finally got to pitch for them in 2003. So he pitched against the Cubs in the playoffs. Then two years with the Cardinals, then the Rockies, and then he was hanging on the last three years that he's just a he's a lefty. So teams are still taking him.
1: That's a good call. I don't even remember him playing against the Cubs. He pitched in four out of the five games.
0: But he had a really good run from six years, 2000 to 2005. He was one of the better left-handed pitchers in yeah. relief pitchers.
1: He did well He uh, in three different. Uh, I'm sure, the Cubs didn't use him. That was sad. Well, right. <laughs> he actually was. He was a loogie, is what he was, obviously, right? That's what Ray, Ray King had of it. He was a loogie. Yeah. It's funny. I would have guessed that he actually would have appeared on multiple Cubs seasons, but apparently that's the only year in like which he actually Ten games,
0: right? That's all he pitched for the Cubs?
1: That's it. Why do, it's funny that we remember him pretty well as being a former Cub, and there right. are so many other guys that played in so many more games that we would not even remember at all. Uh,
0: a future manager of the Houston Astros played for the 1999 Cubs. Do you remember who that was?
1: A, hu- a future manager of the Houston Astros? Yes. Brad Ausmus never, no, he never managed the Astros. Nope. Who the hell are we talking about?
0: This guy got dumped in favor of the trash can man, um, A.J. Hinch. That was Bo Porter.
1: Jesus Christ. Ta- played wow. 24
0: games for the Cubs
1: that year. Hit 192. I remember Bo Porter as a Cub. I totally forgot that he was Astros Yadi's Astros.
0: brother, Jose, caught for the 1999 Cubs.
1: 10 games. I don't remember that. I remember the Flying Molina brothers before Yadier ruined that name for me uh, because they're both Angels catchers in 2 right? And yep. Was this one of them or are there more?
0: There's just the three, Yadier, Jose, and Ben. Right.
1: So that was a former call Jose Molina, playing against uh, Dusty's Those Giants his, in the 2002 the f- World Series? Yeah,
0: his 99 Cubs were his first 10 games of his career. I never knew that. He had 262, 316 slug. Let's see how he left the Cubs here. Because he played so a there lot are some lot guys... of games for the Angels. A lot. Yeah, no, he had a hell of a career. Uh, oh, this is great. Uh, more s- great work by uh, Ed Lynch. November 27th, 2000, <laughs> released by the Cubs. Signed Shit. a couple of months later with the Angels. Hey,
1: hey, Andy, it's okay. We got Todd Hunley coming down the pike. And then he went on to play... We got Joe Girardi and Todd Holley coming. He never could
0: hit, <laughs> but he was an excellent defensive catcher. Um, he would have been a, he would have been a he should have been the he should have been the cheap ass backup for like a decade, but they just gave him away. Yeah. So Benji, at there was a time when Benji was the best hitter, right, of that bunch, but he's also the f- they were all fat, but yeah. Benji was the fattest. And then it, Yachty it got to that. Yachty had a couple of years yeah. where he was svelte, and now he's just kind of.
1: I was gonna say I don't remember Yadier being fat. Yeah, yeah, was I fat. Young Yadier was fat. Okay,
0: all right, really got himself in shape, and now he's right. now he's just old. Um, yeah, Benji was a career 274 hitter, who hit as high as uh, hit 295 for the Angels one year.
1: And which one played for the Cubs, Jose?
0: Right. I believe uh, Yadi's the youngest. I think. I think Jose's the middle. He is. Yadi's how old? Sixty. Yes. Yadi's forty. <laughs> I think. Jose's forty-six.
1: Yeah. The others are. Yeah. Okay.
0: So there you go. That's the more, more, more you ever want to know about Jose yeah. Molina. Who would have known we'd have talked about?
1: Um, well, I, this is—I've said this before. I'm pleased that we do this podcast because as much as I'm able to crack my own head open and just like like let it out, a lot of the things that are there, useless information, I do learn things that I can now remember. And because I had no recollection that good old Jose Molina uh, was a member of the Cubs, and now I can now I can link him to the 1999 Cubs along with Bo Porter and Cole Liniac. So
0: so Jose Nieves was a uh, utility player. Um,
1: oh, Joey, Joey Snow.
0: Yeah, we used to call him the
1: Iraqi tank commander. <laughs> he had that really thin mustache, yeah. right?
0: I think we may have also reused that nickname for Jose Valentin. But,
1: uh, oh, Jose Valentin should have either been Freddie Mercury or uh, what was the other one? I think one? we thought
0: maybe to... he looked a little bit like Saddam Hussein.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or Roman Maroney uh, from Johnny Dangerously. I think that's that was another Jose Valentin. You fought gang, ice holes. <laughs> In case anyone wants to jump on the Roman Maroni reference.
0: So do you remember that Andrew Lorraine made 11 starts?
1: Uh, I do remember, and he had one really good one that may have been a shutout that year. Uh, he like, did. Kind he of did. out of the blue. He, did. he, threw, like a, he had
0: two complete games. He was wow. two and five and he had two complete games not sure that he won both of the complete games but he I would guess he won the shutout it's hard to lose those so. I
1: remember yeah I remember it, like having some sort of a, like a Ryan O'Malley vibe was it Ryan O'Malley who was that pitcher like a few years later that like she made Carl Houston up, and then heard shut Ryan down O'Malley. Houston and, the, and then disappeared into the distance like Shane yeah. I think it's Ryan Right? Yeah, matter. Andrew Lorraine. Yeah, he threw a shut I just looked him up. Look Comes at that.
0: Andrew Lorraine and Steve Rain. Steve Rain made 16 appearances with a tidy 9.20 ERA.
1: Andy, much like Pat Klein, do you remember having somewhat high hopes for Steve Rain? Come on, sure did. You did. i did. You did. We thought he might be the closer of the future. It was just. It was Before, tough. He he
0: pitched into tough luck. He only gave up 28 hits in 14 innings. <laughs> and the. Uh, <laughs> And he, only, is he a, only walked seven more and hit a guy and it, had 12 strikeouts.
1: Is a hip of 2.0, not a whip, but a hip of 2.0, is that bad? it's two hits an inning bad? Well, it depends on how you uh, Honestly, Steve, Steve Rain, I, this is going to be very obscure. He was the up-and-coming closer before Terry Adams. I'm telling you, 1994, 1995. And somehow Terry Adams catapulted himself over Steve Rain and then got to fumble countless opportunities. wonder, did Steve Rain race. ever have
0: the have the Tommy John disease? That de- derailed a lot of guys. Let's see if he ever skipped a so. year here. Doesn't look like I it. Did. Looks like pitched in every year. His uh, minor league numbers, um, 82 saves in the minors in 227 games. Okay. Uh, no, that's 227 games finished. How many games did he pitch in the minors?
1: 331. Wow. It's almost like the crash almost like the crash nine years of, uh, in the minors.
0: Uh, he pitched for the he pitched for the Rockford Cubbies, that's how long, 1995.
1: You mean you don't you don't have a personal anecdote, Andy, of uh, Steve Rain signing a Rockford Cubbies pennant? I don't. That was hanging in your bedroom. I'm sorry. I mean, at that point, you're probably like 20, so maybe I should re. Yeah, I was that. a I was a
0: college graduate by that point, so I probably wasn't. I don't know. Maybe my bedroom had. Uh, I'm still living. <laughs> I lived at home for a few months in '95. We all did. Uh, he was he was he was incredible for the night for the Ryford Cubbies. Cubbies. One point two one ERA in fifty three games, twenty three saves, wow. sixty six strikeouts and fifty nine innings. He was on his way. Next year, uh, ninety six even better. Pitched in both double and triple A.
1: He uh, was uh, ra- okay. At a two point seven eight
0: so, ERA, hit seventy one strikeouts in yeah, 64 well they, innings.
1: All right. So I mean let's give him his due. And then he just
0: kept like, pitching was, at Iowa. Ninety seven. He, he 98, was on our radar Ninety nine. I mean, right. Two thousand. I mean, two thousand and one. And then he was <laughs> off to the Brewers.
1: Well he, at this point he's also now like got the Des Moines Chicago shuttle going on. He's appearing in the big leagues. But that's all that all backs up. Well, you know t- what I'm saying? In the time, like, he was on our radar. Like, that was a guy, right? Yeah, he that's- pitched in 37 games in 2000. And then he was done.
0: That was terrible. That's the only big league games he pitched in. Um, let's see. Never made it back up. Well, sorry, Steve. He uh, got released in 2000. He must have signed a minor league deal with the Brewers because he pitched in Indianapolis, but he never pitched for the Brewers.
1: All right. So, what's what's the body count on aging veterans whose last last evidence of playing in a major league game was with the uh, ninety nine clubs? Well, we're up to see. like five. We're up to like five now. I so think
0: we know Benito Santiago went on to play forever, so he's not one. right.
1: Which he should have been the one that should yeah. have been done.
0: Gary Gaetti, Jeff Blauser. Jeff Blauzer. Uh, was this it for Sandy Martinez? It may have been. I would not forget uh, that. No, Sandy played until 2004. With the with
1: good for Sandy, see, backup catchers can be yeah, sneaky. That's, true. that's probably a
0: bad guess. To backup,
1: backup They can catcher. really, uh, I, and I'm sure it wasn't Koliniak's last. What about season, Jeff Reed?
0: 36 year old Jeff Reed. No, because I brought catcher. this
1: up when we did 2000. Joliet. Jeff Reed hit oh, the, that's right. uh, came the walk the off year. on opening day after Shane Andrews, who. I was surprised to learn was on the 99 team. I would not have guessed that. I'm looking at it now. I thought he was acquired in the offseason. Shane Andrews, of course, hit the homer in the snow off of uh, Kerry Lighten on opening day in 2000. But he apparently so, joined the Cubs down the stretch in 99. I would, not have, I would not have ever imagined that. So Scott Sanders.
0: You know, that was it for Scott.
1: Uh, That's another one. That's right. See,
0: Rod Beck actually came back to the Cubs after that. Although I don't think he ever pitched, and he got stuck in he, Iowa. Uh,
1: he tried out in the two thousand three Cubs. I thought. I thought he was, living, thought in he was had... living in his camper in the parking lot in, in De- Iowa, De- in Des Moines. Yep. Did Matt Karchner pitch after ninety nine? Yeah, he did because he was still on the team in two thousand. What a waste! Never mind. That might be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and well, then so then relatedly, I just want to get this out here. Jim Riggleman is the first Cub manager in our lifetime to who at some point after managing the Cubs also managed another team. In other words, if you started watching the Cubs in 1979, 1980, 81, like you and I did, and every Cubs manager up until Jim Riggleman, when they were done managing the Cubs, never managed another team again. And if you, you know, you could be like, well, between 1980 and 1999 is only 20 years, but the Cubs had a lot of managers uh, in those 20 years.
0: Yeah, and so when did Riggleman man? When did he come back? That was in uh, Washington, quite a right? bit after. Because yeah, I actually... remember that was a talking point for Dusty because right. Riggleman. Riggleman had, yeah, so he went through all those guys. It went all the way down, and it went you know, Herb Fry and Franks. And- Joe uh,
1: Malfitano, uh, Charlie, uh, Jim Fry, Gene Michael, uh, Don Zimmer, um, Jim Essian, like, <laughs> uh, Bruce Kim. Well, that's later, sorry. But yeah, none of them ever managed, no Cubs manager of record, so even a one day manager like Don Joel Baylor.
0: Miller. So then Dusty has the job and, uh, basically said, lamented out loud that this was the where Cup managers' careers went to end. Yep. Um, so that was it for Dusty. Lou never managed again.
1: Correct. Riggleman came back in '08, and that may have been before because Dusty's yeah. first job after the Cubs with the, was with the Reds. Yeah, because Dusty managed three, that.
0: four, five, and six. So it was it was two years later. Three, when, when three, four, four, five, finally, six is right. When yes. Riggleman
1: finally came back,
0: but then so then even since then, so Lou, that was it.
1: Yeah, it was even since because now Madden was it. Had, yep, yep. Um, it's just Madden, I guess. Fame. And then Ricky Renneria did. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, even Renneria has. Joe did. Yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. And
0: God hope soon, David Ross. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't
1: God, but not impressive that I have now. But and then the other thing about Jim Riggleman, of course, this was finally his last season. You might ask why. How how does a man who um you know manages a team uh, to a four seventy two winning percentage? Three hundred and seventy four wins. Four hundred nineteen losses, five seasons, and yet in those five seasons, in which Jim Riggleman was forty-five games under five hundred, uh, until Joe Madden was the longest-serving Cubs manager of our lifetime. Those five years were those five years were the gold standard uh, until uh, Joe Madden came along, and they were still practically fifty games under five hundred but it took this season for him to lose his job. What happened was he comes to the bar to 95 with, with Ed Lynch and Andy McPhail. And he's another gym. He's another plain gym like Lefevre. All right. We're, we're going to be, you know, I've said it before, mediocrity by design. We're going to be maybe good, maybe bad, not too shitty, hopefully. And he had a shitty season in 97 after, almost taking a team to the playoffs in 95 and then 96 was okay until they crapped the tub at the end. 97 terrible, 98 oh and then made the playoffs. Can't it's really get rid of me now. It's surprising that he yeah,
0: It's surprising he survived
1: 97. Yeah. It, it really is.
0: It had to have been that the Cubs were basically like who the hell wants to manage this team? That's Jim. <laughs> to. Just let him do it. You really got to go. We'd have to take out an ad in the. One. I mean, I know the Tribune owns us. We could probably run the ad for a discount
1: in the paper. That was that was a reprieve, and a, and then things sparked in '98. We've talked at length in '98. It's a fun season. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Regan was the manager, and that bought him another at least a full season because he's sandwiched. '97's
0: terrible. terrible. I. Yes, ninety nine percent sure. There's a twenty and. 50. Well, 15. again,
1: no, but before you get there, go, go slice out those last yeah. that last well, month. that's of we 96. learned that from this podcast.
0: They <laughs> that's the they, five,
1: that's the twenty and fifty mark. Yeah,
0: the fourteen game losing streak is not enough because then wouldn't we figure they lost like sixteen of the last eighteen games or something? I believe before? that's correct. So yeah, they go they go insane. two and thirty. So clearly, that's where that's where the twenty and fifty stretch is. Yes, yeah, so starts it's at the end of ninety six. Not within one season, right. And then it, it goes into ninety seven, and then it happens that's again. Right. In it happens again in ninety nine. Yep. And it took the it, second one to actually get, and he right. didn't get fired until after the season. They didn't launch him during. No, the year. they
1: let him finish. Right, right. Yeah, and then and that's when they started to go bold. They started to, you know, they actually. Went for big time, you no know, high profile fires. Er, I'm sorry, hires. They, they, they went with Don Baylor after Riggleman. They went with Dusty after him. They went with Pinella after him. They, but until that point, he was kind of the last of these sort of milk toast. Um, you know, they, they were perfect. Jim Riggleman was perfect for a while for that that that, that level of Tribune ownership. Well, you and know, the, just the, the
0: irony is, he's he's basically the kind of manager they want now.
1: Ooh, that's a good point
0: the guy who is just kind of keep the keep the players from killing each other in the clubhouse that's a good point point. and execute the game plan we give you and we see how well it works with um, with David Ross um, who I don't think is a I don't think it's hard to tell I don't think he's a bad manager but no he's gonna he's if he doesn't think he's gonna get swept up in this rebuild and chucked out on the other end he's full of shit
1: yep
0: there's no way they're they're gonna be they're gonna be horribly bad the rest of this year which is gonna and if they don't do some ridiculous like 2013 Red sox thing where they go from being terrible in one year and all of a sudden they're like you know they're in first place for a lot of the next it's all all this shit will start to fall on him because you're not gonna be able to blame it on the players because all the good guys are gone and you're, right. you're trying to build some, so then somebody's got to get blamed and the manager's next in line he's the one who gets blamed
1: well, that's, that, that's the, the the common thread for all these years that we're covering, ultimately.
0: <laughs> I mean... Well, that's you know, whole, general, it's, easy, it's easier to fire the manager than to fire all the players.
1: General managers stay a, around longer than managers and so do most players, so...
0: General managers typically get to hire two managers.
1: I think so. And if you're Larry Himes, you're going to burn through that as quickly as you can. Yeah,
0: which doesn't make any sense. You have, <laughs> you have one card to play to save your ass, and you can't play it that early,
1: or... and by, so and that's probably what made Ed Lynch. We're talking about the '99 Cubs. That's that's probably what helped Ed Lynch stick around as long as he did, in spite of the fact that he had produced no talent by this time. This is now his fifth season.
0: So it would be interesting.
1: He, he managed to ride one manager this whole way.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. I don't. Well, he gets fired in 2000, right?
1: The next year, correct? With so the so new, he hired the new manager. That's what I was going to ask. Is counts.
0: I wonder how much input he had into Baylor, because that's a window into your job security. That's true. If Andy McPhail goes ahead and hires a new manager for you, you're screwed. Yeah. You're the next guy yeah. off the boat. If you have say in it, then you may be, then you're probably okay. But he didn't make it, what? He made it three months into the season and he has yep. gone. Yep. They were handing the sure. reins over to, I mean, Andy had the title, but Jim Hendry was doing the job.
1: Exactly. And and from a treatment perspective, it was business as usual. As long as the optics are good, you know, try to compete a little bit better than you did than Ed Lynch and Jim Riggleman. I mean, yeah, the 98 team, the 95 team. And then, yeah, it's it's a whole lot of disposable players (laughs) in that period.
0: 99 Cubs had Bobby Ayala.
1: I don't recall Bobby Ayala. Should I know that name?
0: Bobby Ayala pitched for the Mariners.
1: Um, not an, I'm not an American League guy. I'm kind of ignorant there.
0: He was a. He was always a relief pitcher. In 1997, he won 10 games out of the bullpen and had eight saves. Um, wow! Oh, he's another guy you can add to the list. 29 years old. His final games were for the Cubs. Oh, yes.
1: I'm looking at it now. 13 games my,
0: for the 281 ERA, and he never pitched he's,
1: again. He's a minus 1.64. I give you credit for remembering Bobby Ayala. I have no recollection of him. But you're right. That's another guy, you know, again, you know, a lot of players. <laughs> it was their last stop. Uh, and Riggleman somehow reversed the trend of that being his last stop. But, you know.
0: Well, but, that's neither I mean, or. Riggleman. So, he gets the, he gets the job in Washington.
1: And we then talked get, about this, and then quits. He he shit the toe or he he overplayed his hand, I should say, right? Yeah, he demanded a contract extension.
0: They didn't. You mentioned
1: it that they brought Davy down and figured, and Davy didn't actually do a much better job right away, but he did take him to the playoffs. And yeah, you know, I I had no ill will towards Jim Riggleman. No. I, he was fine. um I would have wished him well as long as his team wasn't competing against the Cubs, and he never really seemed to. He really blew it with Washington. I think he really, that was a real misplay, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, a was, lot. and they were—you could—they were starting to get good. They weren't there yet, right? They, in fact, I know. He didn't, like we decided, he had a ground he, floor. He wasn't, the and then Davey wasn't the interim, right? They gave Davey, but well, that was the plan was for Davey to take over the next year, and he did. And he did because he was like a
1: consultant to me. Yeah, no, it was a it was a real ground floor opportunity for him late in his career. I mean, he could have been like you know, um, yeah, it was an opportunity that was probably missed. I would have to say. So do you James remember the Do you
0: remember the Davey Johnson Ryan Sandberg connection?
1: Um, I don't. They're both second basemen that hit forty homers in a season. Yes,
0: they were. Perhaps Ryan was the first guy since Dave to do it.
1: I'm sure Jeff Kent had done it since then though, right? Or since, no, but maybe at the Kent time,
0: never. it was a long okay. gap and it went from Dave Johnson to Brian Sandberg. So let's see, Davey, maybe he did come down. Oh, that's right. Okay. So for the Nats, somebody managed in between regular, John McLaren got to manage three games and then Dave Johnson took over. And actually, I think we talked about this, uh, Riggleman had a better record with the eleven Nats than Dave did, but then
1: yes, then Dave yes. took
0: them to the playoffs the next year. So,
1: but 12, 12 is the critical year. Yeah, That's I, the, uh, they shit the bet against the Cardinals. Well, right? they shit the bet against the Cardinals twice because, or maybe they, yeah, no, it was, it was, that was the game where Gio Gonzalez had a five-run lead in Game Five and walked a whole bunch of guys, yeah, and then didn't. Um, um, was their shit closer that blew it um oh, god i can't remember now but i don't even blame him i blame gio gonzalez for that game five I if it was who the hell was their closer yeah. i'm going drive me crazy
0: was... maybe that wasn't they or maybe that was the next one
1: john wetland no i'm sorry i just well he was like
0: tyler time. clippard and craig stammen but who's the other guy drew storin
1: wasn't that a guy?
0: Yeah, yeah. now I'm just pulling names. Well, out. I feel like that may have been later too. Yeah, I think that was. Let's see. It,
1: it was somebody well known. It was Drew I Storm. Was. He blew game. It was he, Drew Storm. He blew
0: game five.
1: Yeah, but it was really Gio Gonzalez.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um. See, and we're uh, back. Well, we're not. We're kind of. Anyway, I wrote about this last week on Discipio. <clears throat> that. Um, now we're back in the. We we had a six-year reprieve from having to pick a team that we would root for to keep the Cardinals from winning the. Power that's true. The World Series. Which is something we don't we have to worry about it this time. year. Now, though, we I would like them to keep the Brewers from winning anything. Correct. So, Correct. The Nats would have been that team in in twelve, and that's why it would have really pissed us off that they blew it, because you know they could have stopped the Car- Although the Cardinals didn't win anything, they they had won the World Series. Inexplicably, the year before.
1: Correct. Yes, that was ten years ago, and I'm going to save my story for how the Cubs contributed to that pennant for the Cardinals when we pull up. Oh 21. yeah, I know.
0: Carlos Marmol.
1: Yes, and Ryan Terrio getting a curveball that he could hit down the line. It just painful yeah. that Sunday game. Oh, wow. we'll just consider that. You know. Con- consider that a teaser for a teaser 2011 for an undetermined week well one of these days we're gonna we'll be doing some teams from the 80s I'm looking forward to that but we've I feel like we've almost exhausted and we have this three left era of the night right night right we haven't done 1995 we haven't done 1993 off the top of my head I think that's it right 90 1990 we haven't done that 1990. But, shit, we did 2,000 on the other side of this one. So, um, I mean, kids, if you're a fan of Mark Grace and Sammy Sosa and Kerry Wood, I I would hope you've gotten your fill. And if not, then maybe Rick Aguilera and uh, Benito Santiago have uh, filled your cup.
0: So so this game – I'm looking at this. Game five – Cardinals-Nats in 2012, which has nothing to do with the season we're talking about.
1: That's <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> the uh, Nats run Adam Wainwright, who's still fucking pitching.
1: Um, the Cardinals, you mean?
0: No, the, the Nats run him in the third inning. Oh, run
1: him to get him out of the game. Yeah, He's yeah, given
0: yeah. up seven hits and six runs. They they're, they're
1: I think, up, har-
0: I think a, a, they're, a 20-year-old Bryce Harper may have hit a home run. They're up six-nothing. Yep. Um, six-nothing. I was yeah, even six underestimating. But then the... Uh, The Cardinals start chipping away. They score one in the fourth, two in the fifth, so it's six to three. They score in the seventh. They make it um, so they make it six to four. They make it six to five in the um, with a run in the top of the eighth. But the Nats get one back, so they got a two-run lead going into the bottom of the ninth, and they bring in rookie Drew Storen. A rookie. Carlos Beltran with a double. Holiday grounds out. Alan Craig strikes out. Future kind of Cub. Then he goes spring training with the Cubs. All you got to do is get Yadi Molina out and you move on to the NLCS. Yadi walks. All you got to do is get David Freeze out and you go to the NLCS. David Freeze walks. Jesus Christ. Guess who gets the hit that ties the game? For the Cardinals, we have mentioned him four times today.
1: Oh my God! I'm sorry. 2012, yeah. 2012. We're talking 2012 Cardinal that gets the huge. It's not terrible. You no, know, we haven't talked about him. No.
0: Nope. Was it, he had to have been a
1: 99 Cub, right? It was not
0: a 99 Cub, but his well, name. T- his him. name came up when talking about terrible contracts.
1: I cry, Uncle Daniel. Descalso. Yes.
0: Oh. Oh, that far back? He singles, ties the game. Then that's not enough. He steals second base. Jesus Christ. Then Pete Cosma, even worse player than Daniel Descalso. He mm-hmm. singles, scores two more runs. They scored four runs in the top of the ninth, and they win nine to seven. And Jesus that wouldn't Christ. have happened had Jim Riggleman still been around. He wouldn't he wouldn't have let that shit happen. No. Nope. Fucking David nope. Johnson. What an asshole.
1: Well, I'm always a little bit bitter towards Davey even though the Cubs prevailed in the 84 cuz he was a a natural, you know, nemesis as being the manager of the Mets. But
0: so oh. it's it's an interesting comparison. I don't know when maybe it's not the right one for this podcast, but uh you know, so those the the uh, Mets of that of Davey Johnson's era. I guess they won They only won one pennant.
1: Uh, correct. They one got pennant, knocked out of series. the eighty-eight, eighty-eight LCS. One World Series and one pennant, and two, only two playoff appearances in the pre-wild card so, era.
0: Yes. So, would you? Is some? Is, is somebody at some point going to take a look at the Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, uh, that era of Gary Carter, Keith Hernandez, Mets, and the Chris Bryant, Javi Baez. Wow. Anthony Rizzo, Cubs. Oh, and go, all this and go. How did you? How with that? And, and yeah, the and and very parallel to '86. They almost didn't. They they almost didn't win the World Series either. In fact, Correct. they almost didn't win the NLCS. Jim Deshane. Have we to have former, him on the pod. Former... He can talk about the comeback. They had the, that ridiculous Game Six. They had that's
1: crazy. Yeah, it could have been a Game Seven. Nolan Ryan was on that Astros team. Uh that's a great point. I had not considered it the obvious analogy for me being a Chicago fan obviously, has been the 85 bears. And I think that's valid too, but it's a different sport. So, um, you know, it has its own different sort of, you know, tr- um, interpretive uh, qualities. Um, considering that the 86 Mets of that era, you say 86, just like right, 85. You think about bears. how
0: they won 106 games. I think Hubs won between
1: 84, between 84 and 88, I I would, I would, target that is the but even 89 we've talked about it. the cubs when the cubs were fighting off though and that was still the same nucleus it wasn't like a re you know it wasn't a rebuilt ship so you know for a pretty significant period of time there was a really good team that only um that only made two playoff appearances you know in a more selective era but yeah,
0: these these cubs made four
1: but three NLCS a in
0: a the Cubs went to three NLCSs in a row when it was hard to get to NLCS because you had to actually you had to win a series to get there. Where the yeah. Mets won the division and won it. Now a big difference would be for those Mets, the NL East was a bitch in those. It schools.
1: was. We talked about that too. Yeah. Eighty
0: nine. So some. He had some really good all time teams. The like eighty four Cubs, despite the fact that pissed it away in San Diego, hey, that's a really good team. The eighty five Cardinals is a really good team. The yep. eighty six Mets is a really good team.
1: Expo's always lurking. Uh in nineteen eighty seven there were three ninety one teams, I believe, in that division. Now that the Mets in eighty eight
0: run into Oral Hersheiser.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's fair. And
0: so and the ironic thing is so I think now the the Met fans are weird, but the eighty six Mets are a beloved
1: because that's Jam. their last title, yeah. which is now a long time. We, we and, can say that. you know,
0: the 2016 Cubs are always going to be that.
1: Right, like the 85 Bears. Um,
0: but there's obviously there's a lament with those Mets that they only won the one. And there'd be a lament for the Cubs yep. that they only won the one. Yep. So it's, it is yep. more yep. of a direct yep. comparison than you might otherwise think.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say at this point, uh, barring injury, Chris Bryant's a Hall of Famer. We'll see about Baez. That Mets team only, you know, Carter, I guess, might have been it. But some of those players are pretty damn good for that you know, short period. Yeah, I of mean time.
0: we know what happened to we know why Daryl and Dwight aren't. It has nothing to do with their play. I mean they're they both Coke yeah, derailed they indulged. both
1: of them. They indulged. Yeah.
0: Because um, Gooden you, there's no way you could have looked at him in nineteen eighty four and thought that dude's not going to be a Hall of Fame.
1: No, and we'll have obviously because we've hardly picked apart any of those '80s teams. We'll have plenty of time to you know, to do that. And it's true.
0: Hernandez is not a Hall of Famer, but he's in like no, he's, he's the like Hall Mark of very good.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. In fact, he's no so doubt. much like Mark Grace. The reason Mark Grace um, wore Smoking. seventeen, right, was because of Keith Hernandez. It was his idol. He was from Missouri, I know. and he um, yeah, yeah. He loved well, Keith Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, and he smoked like him, and of course Keith Hernandez yeah. did coke, but Keith managed to get his shit together, unlike the other two.
1: Oh, right. Well, that well, that's I mean, true. He they got. He, didn't he get indicted with the
0: stuff. all that shit in Pittsburgh?
1: Well, that, and that those trials were in '85. That shit became public in '85. Dave Parker and like Dale Berra and like. all I mean, those, the Cardinals you know,
0: traded him because of that. Is that Tra- right? Yeah, they traded for Neil Allen. There was no way they were going to – why else would who, you have traded who, Keith Hernandez? Who,
1: who was like a very well-celebrated alcoholic, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't Neil Allen a drinker, or am I speaking out of oh, school? I don't know. Daryl Porter was. He was. I thought Neil Allen – maybe I'm wrong. If so, I, I apologize. <laughs> for all we know, Neil Allen was like a complete Mormon that has never
0: – So the, the Cardinals are retiring Ted Simmons' number. Is that kind of out of the blue?
1: Kind of beneath the Cardinals, considering that Ted Simmons is one of the few, Car- if, the, if the Cardinals want to be Yankees light, we'll point out that Ted Simmons never played in a playoff game for the Cardinals.
0: I mean, I guess, well, I guess there wasn't a Hall of Fame ceremony last year, right? And he got, he somewhat, he's not Harold Baines, but.
1: No, he's, he was a catcher. Yeah. For Christ's sake, yeah. yeah. So he gets no. in, so that's
0: where they're going to retire his number. Boy, who's going to tell Bernard Gilkey that they're retiring <laughs> Ted Simmons' number?
1: But I want to say, uh, I Googled Neil Allen alcoholism. Neil Allen has a long and well-known history of battling alcoholism. Okay. During his playing career in the 80s, Allen's heavy drinking came up frequently. He was known to spend entire nights out drinking after games, never even going back to his hotel room before returning to the ballpark. Once while with the Mets in 1983, Allen went missing for days before asking the team for help with his alcohol problems. So I find it funny if it is true. Yeah, and it might trade,
0: be, trade a cocaine to... addict for an <laughs> alcoholic. No, for a... just trading problems. <laughs> I wonder if – and honestly, bringing an alcoholic to St. Louis is not – that's not exactly a recipe for success. I mean, he's going to hang hang out at Mike Shannon's.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. They're owned by a brewer. One of the more famous World Series participants from the 60s has this big restaurant right outside the stadium. Well, and then
0: years later, they would actually – two of their players would die in drunk driving accidents.
1: Right. Well, two – yeah, oh, Carlos Martínez, uh, that, that, that Oscar, Oscar Tavares, is, uh, the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, Josh Hancock. Well, we know, because he was ter- coming directly from, from Mr. Shannon's
0: yeah.
1: place of hospitality.
0: Into the, um, he plowed into tow a tow truck. truck on the side of the... Uh, and his
1: father, later on, tried to sue the tow truck company, I believe. Yeah, the Daryl Kyle mistake.
0: thing was... Uh, Just bizarre. they his heart stopped in the hotel room, and they tried to blame it on marijuana. We're, I found that hard. I think he may have right. smoked marijuana. I don't think it's what caused his heart to
1: stop. We don't want to go too deep in there because 2002 is going to be pretty thin. Well, that's right. Otherwise and we've gonna... got
0: and, we, you know, and we've got we got a whole Joe Girardi speech to break down.
1: I think we covered '99 though. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, in fact,
0: so much that we started talking about everything but 1999. I, <laughs> I know. All right, so uh so you're you're going on uh you're going on vacation. So there will yes. be a, there will be a short hiatus in remembering this crap, but uh but I will be filling the void with other kinds of podcasts the next couple of weeks. So there will be plenty of plenty of pods for people to hear. And then one of the things that uh if you made it to the end of this podcast, you might as well find out. Um the idea is as the Cubs start trading their um their iconic 2016 world champions (laughs) not only will there be special editions of the newsletter that will come out like i started with the jock peterson one um but kyle and sam and i are going at least kyle and i we agreed that sam was on vacation last week too we're gonna jump on and do uh reaction podcasts as those happen so oh be plenty of there will be plenty of content
1: oh awesome look forward to that
0: Yeah, I'm sure it'll be our U. Darvish one was not a pleasant thing, and these will be (laughs) these will be even worse. (laughs) Be a lot of venting. So, all right, well, that's the 1999 Cubs, and in a couple of weeks we'll get back at it and see who we end up with again. So,
1: I'm down. Thanks. Many of us have herpes.